You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. The Trek Files, Season 11, Episode 10, Fan Correspondence, 1971 to 1975. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans. Hey, oh yes, I know all you techheads, you canonistas, I say that lovingly. I always do. Star Trek fans of all stripes. Look, anybody who has any sliver of interest in Star Trek, you're always interested to know where things came from, why they're the way they are, and maybe even what fans before you, what everybody thought. Has, has Star Trek fandom always been the way it is? Well, you're joining us here in our 11th season on the Trek Files, and at least once a year, we have this custom now where we dive into the mailbag of days gone by, decades gone by, and take a sample, sometimes from adults, sometimes from the kids. If you've been with us before, you know what to do. And if you're not, here's what you do. Go to the Facebook page. It's our home base. Uh, we're glad when you when you grab the podcast from anywhere. But our homework, our documents of the week are always there on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Trek Files. You for sure want to go and follow along with us for this edition of uh, Gene's Fan Mail. Take a listen, and then I'll be right back with um, this week's guest. an aviator and having always been interested in science fiction, I naturally gravitated toward everything presented on Star Trek, not as science fiction necessarily, but as science fact. Through meditation and inspiration, I have gained insight into certain truths relevant to Star Trek and believe I hold certain keys that can make Star Trek a reality to our civilization. We are not dealing with the eight-year-olds this week. Uh, no, we're talking about a really, a really interesting cross-section of fan letters we pulled out from you. Now, these are all from the 70s. Uh, matter of fact, they're all basically from 1975, maybe a couple from 71. We'll talk about that. But this is early generation first blush Star Trek fandom. And who better, as every year we do, to join in with me, bring in here and talk about the fan bag, the fan mail bag this year. Uh, once again, our good friend, you know him as host of Mission Log and Mission Log Live, uh, and he produces this show. Mr. John Champion, get in here, sir. And uh, I hey, look forward to I this am here. every year. I'm ready yeah. to go. Yeah. 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 There, there's so many, and thankfully, Gene and Majel kept everything. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. You can just sort of, sort of throw a dart at the dartboard. You will land on something that is gold. And uh, not just thanks to them, but thanks to Susan yes. Sackett, friend of the show, who cataloged and kept so many of these for, uh, for the book, Letters mm -hmm. to Star Trek. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, uh, we've got some from 71, from 75. 75 seems to be the sweet spot where we get the most. Um, but no matter what, and no matter when they're from, when we're talking about letters between the 60s and, you know, I, I think we still have a lot up through maybe even the early 80s and then some to Majel after that. They always reveal something about the mm -hmm. time. They always reveal something about fans who don't have other resources yet to go to 
they haven't quite found necessarily where the other fans are or where the fanzines are or what the reliable information right. is. And they're, you can tell they're just sort of like shouting in the dark, you know, and, and thank goodness they wrote down something, anything, and got it out to Gene, the most likely person who would be able to answer their inquiry. And, uh, and we start out with a couple right in a row from uh, Judith Aker, Judith Lynn Aker, and uh, she got a reply from Jean's office, from Susan, presumably. Um, and the, the first one, I think, really is just like the classic fan letter. Uh-huh. Uh, this is July of 1971. I can't believe it took me this long to write to you. We're only talking two years. We're talking two years after cancellation. Yeah. Just a couple of, a year maybe or two when the syndication impact, right? The explosion yeah. is starting to make its way felt. Yeah. And, and that syndication impact has really inspired Judith. I can't believe it took me so long to write you, but I'm, I'm watching the show still and so inspired by it. And Judith has even started to write a bit of fan fiction on her own. That's the theme that we'll see in a few mm-hmm. of today's mm-hmm. letters, right? Um, so that that's the first letter. And then it doesn't even go a month <laughs> before <laughs> Judith has to write again. Um, and this time, very interesting because Judith doesn't get into the fandom as much, but just says, I I just wrote to you and I love this excerpt. My girlfriend and I were discussing the show last week and out of the blue, she turned to me and said, Judy was Mr. Spock, a Christian. That question took me completely unawares. All I could say was, I don't know. The question has bugged me ever since. (laughs) It's pretty late to ask a silly question like that, but since you're the creator, you would know, was he? And then there's a question, you know, there's some other stuff about Star Trek coming right. back, et cetera. You're natural. Yeah, but then Judith got a reply. And I, I think you and I both assume this was written by Susan. Do you think right, Susan? Right, right. Uh, maybe you think Susan well, you know what? You know what? Uh, talked to Gene about is, it? This yeah. is before, actually, let's think. Susan was more like 74-ish era. So this oh, maybe yeah, okay. Dorothy or one of his assistants, not Dorothy. Shh. But sure. one of his assistants that was in and out of the office. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not personalized, which makes me think it's in it's in those times. But yeah, Mr. Rice, yeah. it's third person, though. Mr. Roddenberry. Yeah. Right, right. So uh, they get a reply back and it is about how Gene is currently writing. So not really able to uh, to to answer too much about that. So it's actually signed Star Trek. Sincerely, Star Trek. <laughs> that, that's just, it comes from the office, you know. But then they actually answer the question here, is Mr. Spock Christian? Mr. Spock was not a Christian, if we understand Christian to mean that specific earth group of religions which follows the teachings of Christ. Mr. Spock followed the Vulcan religion. Uh, because of its highly personal nature, we did not. We do not know much about it. That is a great way of dodging. <laughs> you know. Well, you know the the. So look, this is seventy one. We just said this is early, early, not just yeah. in fandom and rebirth and, but just in Star Trek and people just beginning to really consider what a real. I mean, not an alien, not a bug-eyed monster horror movie sci-fi, but people thinking what would contact with aliens 
be like? What would alien cultures be like if they weren't trying to eat us or attack us? If we're really going to have a conversation and and you can just see the, we you know, now we take this for granted. We've had mm-hmm. two generations of considering all these implications and how oh, are sure. humanoid or not humanoid are they and all of that. But just the idea of how they get along and just to stop and think, we would say, well, just by definition, he's not Christian because he's from Vulcan. But right. you can see, right. and I'm, I'm going to assume she's a young woman, you know, mm-hmm. either still at home or, or in her 20s, maybe. But she talks about her, her girlfriend and her were, were kidding around, so she's young. Mm-hmm. And you can just see the wheels turning, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm sure when she got this letter back, she went, she would have said, oh, of course he can't be great. He's from Vulcan. <laughs> right. But she's so serious about it, you know. And she says, I never thought about the question before, but I thought... The thing that kills me is how she says, I'm going to talk to you because you're the creator. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing that popped into my head was I wanted to say, uh, because Miss Aker seeks the creator. Yeah, right, right. There's <laughs> plenty of implications there. Well, We're a what bit I love years before motion picture. But what yeah. I love about this letter, though, is yeah, it's exactly what you said because it reveals somebody who is taking this seriously. And it also reveals somebody, I think, who who's. Yeah, you said the gears are turning. This is somebody who is thinking about the philosophical or spiritual uh, or social implications of the show, but is framing it in a context that they understand. Mm-hmm. And they're they're just sort of applying, well, here are the values that I have and the philosophical and religious teachings that I've grown up with. So I'm just applying that to the thing that I've watched. I like I already I already understand that I like this thing and I like this character, and I'm interested in understanding that character's values and inspiration. So I'm applying my framework to that. And I, I think that's just so cool. It tells you a lot in these couple of letters back and forth. Exactly. And the, and the big picture here is that she's pioneering this for herself, but, you know, to a generation mm-hmm. that's now we're all soaked in Star Trek and in sci-fi and in all these kind of concepts. And this is 71. And it really gets us back to why the original series in its time, and I know we say this all the time, mm-hmm. but why it was so groundbreaking and earth-shaking and why it grabbed the I say this generation, not just young people. We have, well, as we'll see, we have plenty of yeah, adults. Right, right, right. But it just grabs people, you know, and says it shakes them. It's something that they've never considered. And, and all these levels at Star Trek, and we know all the levels that Star Trek attra- attracted its first following and continues to. But why it was so, why it was so, it's really hard for people reading this now to go, look, she didn't have a, she didn't have a, internet to Google. She didn't mm-hmm. have a memory alpha or, or 30 years of behind the scenes books. She's mm-hmm. considering these things for the first time, but more than that, she lives in a culture. Yeah. Even a, even a, a, a young culture that's slanted toward new ideas and thinking, they just hadn't considered this framework, you know, this right. paradigm right. before. Well, let's move on to Dave, because uh, Dave, writing all the way from New Philadelphia, PA, <laughs> uh, he's much more pragmatic. He's less interested mm-hmm. in the philosophical ideas. Dear sir, please send me some photos of the Star Trek actors and a list of all the shows made for the series with the dates that they were, uh, that they were aired on NBC. Also, please send me any other <laughs> info on Star Trek. That's pretty vague and souvenirs from the series and one more thing how can i get a copy of the star trek blooper reel 
And if you will please tell Mr. Roddenberry, thank you for such a wonderful series and thank you for all your time. Dave has a long wish list. And Dave, I hope that you are still around and I hope that you found IMDb because one of my favorite things in IMDb is just getting the context of when things aired originally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's pretty great. Asking for just any other info. Also, Dave, I hope that you got a copy of the making of Star Trek because it had already been out for seven years mm-hmm. by the time you wrote this letter. And that really is the, the most important source uh, for Star Trek fans at the time. Probably, you know, also the, the Concordance. Well, I was going to say, yeah, he's yeah, writing yeah. right at the time when making of there, and it, there, but he only had the first two seasons, right? right. And then David right. Gerald updated the list in his paperback, but B. Yeah. Joe's fanzine was here, and it was not, I think, the... Uh, I think the Concordance Professional Edition was with the wheel in the front. It was uh, yeah. with either this Christmas or it was soon, Christmas of 76. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, going to be patient and just get that. But I bet I bet he'd <laughs> have to wait till the video, uh, you know, the video sharing era before he'd get his blooper reel. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so Dave, I, I hope that you got what you were after. Um, next up, we've got a letter and a reply from yes. June's office. A letter yes. from Wilson Junior High School. On stationary. Appleton. Yes, 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 in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, and, and it's really lovely. It's uh, Kathleen Brusky or Bruski writing on behalf of a student. And I love how she says that. Uh, so she's a ninth grade science teacher. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know much about writing. Um, and she has many talented students. But as any teacher knows, there are very few exceptional ones. <laughs> she's just <laughs> pointing it out right away. Um, but she had a student who uh, was very interested in science, and he asked if he could write a Star Trek story, and she said yes, as long as it contained correct scientific information. Mm -hmm. So he wrote one called Time Ditch, and then he wrote another Which is a great title. It is a great title, title? right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I woke up in the Time Ditch, and I didn't know where I was. if you're listening, (laughs) uh, now you know. And then uh, a year later, wrote another one called The Piper's Son, and uh, so here's this teacher sending these off to Gene saying, you ought to consider this kid's talent. First of all, very cool that a teacher would mm-hmm. take that great an interest in a student's talent. Also very cool because I had this happen to me that a science teacher would say, look, was- yeah, uh, mm-hmm. your, maybe your interest is not as uh, deeply in like the hard sciences, but here's a creative project that you can do that ties together scientific ideas. I, I, for me, I ended up making a, a film in high school for science fair one year because the teacher was like, well, look, that this is where your interest lies. This is where right. your passion and your talents are. So go make a film. Well, but just make sure Ms. the scientific information is correct. Mrs. Brusky and your teacher yeah. both were pioneering STEM and STEAM <laughs> education were. right there. Yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah. Now, yeah. very cool that Randy, the, the writer, uh, the student got mm-hmm. a letter back from Gene's office, this one written by Susan Sackett, saying that, okay, unfortunately, you can't just send in an unsolicited <laughs> script. That uh, runs us into a lot of problems. However, uh, actually is very encouraging and, and says, mm-hmm. you know, we've thumbed through it and you're good and keep pursuing this. And uh, we're currently working on a Star Trek feature. So that that's pretty cool, actually, to have this. And of course, the original would be signed. And, you know, these mm-hmm. replies from Gene also, it's it's the questions the letter writers ask. 
it, it, we're talking about 60 years now here nearly or, or 50 yeah. years since this era. Yeah. yeah. But it's, re- it's, you know, the 70s were so incredible. We've talked about it here, but things were happening and changing so fast. The media was evolving the way people wrote, the sophistication. Uh, what was going on with Star Trek news? What was the latest rumor? What was confirmed? You know, and the whole zigzag back and forth of movie, movie, TV series, movie again. But also, what was Gene's time? Like, how busy was he? And some of these we see Gene will answer personally. Some people have Susan yeah. answer for him or his assistant. And it's interesting, like, you can tell when he's in between things, he might take a little more time to reply or when someone replies back to him. Mm-hmm. But this, this is... Um, you know, it, this is uh, him him uh, answering directly, which is telling me that in June yeah. of seventy five, he's in between. He's waiting on the Brit, the, the two British guys to write the. the right. Second, you know, right. He's in between a period yeah. of waiting, and he's actually still answering fan mail before it yeah. just gets insane. You know, up until the end of the eighties. But I also uh, what yeah. I wish we had here was the attachment, though, because it oh, says the stories. I, yeah, I am yeah. inclusive. Well, I, I would love to have read Randy's story. So, Randall, if you're out there and you're listening, send us your stories. Please Time share. Ditch, remember, uh, but in the reply, it says I am enclosing some of my ideas on writing, which you may find mm-hmm. of some value to you. So. I wonder if that's like the, in my head, I immediately go to what is Star Trek, um, where he talks about writing to the reality of the situation. And and hopefully that's what he got or maybe something else. Who knows? Right. And look, he doesn't know that uh, Randy or Mrs. Bresky is an influencer. Yes. (laughs) Right. Or a blogger or a YouTuber. I'm laughing here in 75. But he takes the point. He takes the point. To, I don't know who this kid is or who he's talking to or what his network is in yeah. 75, this high school senior, but he takes the time to correct him on his fact and says, nope, we're not yep. talking TV, we're talking movie. But, you know, yeah. you didn't have to do that. Yeah, Just right. to take that right. moment to tell this one kid and his teacher uh, to correct mm-hmm. the fact. Exactly. Yeah. Now, let's move on to our last and letter then today. This oh, is, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. This is interesting. We'll go back to April of 1971. And uh, this is from uh, a pilot. Uh, I mm-hmm. believe he said that he was a military and then a commercial pilot. And uh, this is from Frederick Fox in San Juan Capistrano, California. Although writing from SF Enterprises. So wonder what that is or what that entity was. He had his own club, his own uh, people were doing this all. You know, this is what the yeah, well yeah. committee would track in their directory of all the million clubs and, you know, businesses people would start off whatever he's doing. But uh, exactly, exactly. It was it so, was a it was an entrepreneurial time. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. There you go. So ex-Navy pilot, currently a commercial, currently in 1971, a commercial airline pilot and a huge, huge, huge fan of Star Trek. Now. He talks about growing up on science fiction. I love the name checking of early mm-hmm. sci-fi on TV. Tom Corbett, Space Cadet, Captain Video, Lost in Space, uh, Outer Limits. So he's into it all. But then he goes down this very different path, talking about how through meditation and some sort of subconscious connection to Star Trek, he thinks that there is an <laughs> element to Star Trek that is real. And he seems to indicate here that Gene has tapped into this real information about things like warp drive and transporters. Um, Mm -hmm. And Frederick here laments the 
uh, ignominious end of the SST, which, by the way, Frederick, hopefully you, you know, right. lived throughout the 70s and you saw the rise of the Concorde and, and other uh, technology that was definitely supersonic. And we may have another one, even though the Concorde mm-hmm. program ended, we may have another one here coming up very soon in the next few years as of our recording today. But then <laughs> uh, Frederick says that he believes that he has the keys to Warp Factor and the Transporter, although those may be copyrighted ideas. The names might be copyrighted, Gene, but he is in the process of putting these ideas together and will shortly write to Mr. Nixon, President Nixon at the time, uh-huh. about this matter. Now, we don't know if this got a reply <laughs> from right. We don't Gene's have one in the immediate file here attached to we this. We don't. Right? We don't. Um, and what Frederick is asking for here is permission to incorporate these ideas into a working plan to present these to the president. Um, and I'm I'm just very curious. Um, I. I of I, I guess the, the, the most, or what shape they took. Well, or? yeah, what what shape those took and what became of this writer. And I'm I'm always very curious because I think we do this as well, just as a mental mm-hmm. shortcut. Um, we tend to think of people who have an interesting background that we don't have. This guy's a Navy pilot, commercial airline pilot. And we look at him and go, wow, okay, he, he must really know something about something because he's in these right. highly technical trained fields that I am not in. And he puts his life on the line and trusts yes. his own training and the technology around him comfortably over absolutely. and over again. Absolutely. So he's however, from a very rational place. However, here. here's however. the giant asterisk at the end of that <laughs> sentence is that not everybody in every field is then an expert. In Mm -hmm. some other field. So I would venture to say that as inspired by Star Trek and as interested as he is in these ideas, he's probably not an expert in theoretical physics or in in futuristic propulsion technologies or some of these other things that that might Mm -hmm. actually stump the people who are in those fields. Right. So... I very much admire Frederick's uh, being inspired and his desire for a better future and the technology of a better future, but I think it kind of goes off the rails here. Am I am I being too harsh? No, no, no. I like the <laughs> okay. way, but I like the way you know this era. It's the seventies, and we're we're still yeah. in the sixties into the seventies era yes. here. So there's a yes. lot of. There's a lot of uh, uncapitalized new age thinking here. There's all kinds of, you know, people, you know, Van Daniken and the Chariots of the Gods is coming along and there's all kinds of stuff out there. Um, uh, But he sounds like when he starts talking about his keys to civilization and and threads and you didn't act alone. Credit to you, Mr. Ruddenberg. You talk about 80. So there's a group of you coming up with some of these ideas for the future. (laughs) And he just sounds like he's he's on his way, if they didn't think of it in those days, of being like the modern day guru coach. And he's going to come up with his methodology and his keys. And I'm wondering, you know, did he did he he, uh, get his book written or his entire series? Did he do his seminars? Did he, you know, how far did this guy go? 
right. you know, former pilot. And he's got his military bio. He can he can stand out his biography and and talk. He's very sincere, though. I don't think there's he, not is, an insincere bone in his body. No, he is extremely yes. sincere. I but but I also think misguided. Uh, so I, but, well, that's just me. And he's, and he's concerned for the post Apollo 11 letdown in exploration. He's talking about the aerospace, you know, what led to settling and the shuttle was an awesome beast and a, and a wonderful machine in an explorational era too. But he's looking at the seventies as a letdown from where the sixties had been. And so he's bemoaning that as well. It's a very believable thing. And look, uh, as skeptical as I am, I look forward to the day that I am proven wrong. And these future and very forward thinking technologies are the things that elevate humanity to a much more Star Trek future. So, uh, Frederick, if you're out there, uh, keep hacking away at it. You know, if all these folks that we we get the letters from, um, it'd be wonderful mm-hmm. if anyone knows, or if one of these is someone you know or in your family, we would love to hear from our our pilot friend, Mr. Fox, our former school teacher here, Miss Buzzy, or or mm-hmm. our student here, right? Yeah, Randall, um, mm-hmm. Randall, Randall Moreau, uh, yeah. all the folks here, Dave, and and even uh, young Miss Acres, Acre. Yeah, yeah it Dave, would be look, lovely we, to hear from some of these folks sometime. Yeah, Dave, we can help you out. We'll, we'll send you right to IMDb, <laughs> and we will get that part of it solved for you right away. Might even yeah. slip you the memory alpha address, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. There we go. Listen, John, it's always fun to dive into the mailbox here and, uh, and go through these. And... Um, um, well, we'll see what the we'll see what the you know. And again, it's just such a different paradigm having it's it, having uh, ink on paper versus yes. our electronic generation. I just hope as much of the current era correspondence is preserved as I feel like Jeff Burns doing his Civil War documentary. You know, you can't Ken panning, Burns, yeah, panning yeah. over email is just not as romantic as pulling these letters exactly, out to look exactly exactly. <laughs> anyway, we will see you next time, my friend. All right, Thanks. thank you. The Truck Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, and all of our documents, plus your chance to comment, please, are available at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. Now for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. Yeah, that's me, at larrynimacek.com. And that's where you can also link in for all of our new Trek Files swag and shirts, too, at our Tee Public shop. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.